Can I get an amen? You got an amen? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? Hey, y'all. Welcome to Can I Get an Amen? We are hoping that anytime you tune in with us, we're leaving you a little bit better than you were before we found you. In our podcast, we hope to ignite something inside of you as we share our passion for personal growth, finding our God-given talents and gifts in this world, and also our love for living an intentional life. And that something sparks inside of you um, makes you, you know, shout out. Amen. Amen. Y'all, we're back live at the Abide Conference, and the keynote speaker's here on the microphone with us. I'm so giddy. Catherine Whitaker, thank you so much. Thanks, y'all. For coming to sit at our little table. I love it. No, this is great. Our little travel (laughs) studio. Yeah. I did not get to hear a lot of your talks, so tell me where you're from originally. So, I'm from the Panhandle of Texas from a little city called Dumas. Okay. So, north of Amarillo, if everybody knows her geography, but now I live in Austin. Okay, you live in Austin now. Oh, yeah, shout out. I lived there for a few years after college, before it got, like... Before it blew up. Crazy saturated, and it was... It's such a beautiful place. Well, we're Aggies, so we say we live there doing missionary work, trying to convert (laughs) people to go to A&M, so yeah. And did I hear you say that you are a convert to the faith? I am. So, um, evangelical convert to Catholicism. And how old were you when you converted? Uh, So, I was 22, and it was the night before I got married. Whoa. Okay, 22 is our number. (laughs) First of all. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. Oh, that's our number. The night before you got... Okay, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I met my husband on a blind date in college and had been a member of five different churches, baptized three times. And he was super cute, blue eyes, big biceps. So I asked him, so if Thank I joined, <laughs> so I asked him if I joined the church, when do I get baptized? And he said, that's not really, that's not really the way it works. You've already done that. So yeah, so we dated and then a lot of discussions for me to change a church was no big deal. I mean, I've been growing up my whole life doing that. So I don't think I really knew what I was getting myself into. But the priest that married us, because we were engaged on New Year's Eve, I had already missed the beginning of RCIA. Uh-huh. So in his great mercy, he said, um, I'm going to allow you to join the church. We got permission, like it's all legit, uh, from the bishop. And so he conferred the sacrament of confirmation um, on me the night before I was married. So about an hour before my rehearsal dinner. So my first communion and my wedding day were the next day. Whoa. And then I did reconciliation a few weeks after we were married in Iowa. So I did it all. I did it all backwards. And then two years later, I went through RCIA officially when our neighbors asked us to be their sponsors. Wow. So we call it his like Pope Francis moment because I'm not entirely sure if I'd had to wait, if I would have fully joined the church. Uh-huh. And I think... In his infinite wisdom, the priest that married us knew, like, I think he saw the desire and he didn't want to lose that. And so I'm deeply grateful for that because it changed my life. And and so the further story of that is that a few years later, my brother converted. And then uh, nine years ago, both of my parents converted to Catholicism. Oh, and my other sister-in-law. Yeah. So we're a whole family of converts. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy. I love that. Yeah. It's divine. It's not crazy. We're having we to always teach say that. My husband. Yeah. My husband is uh, from North Louisiana, where I went to college. We met in college, and he was ba- raised Baptist, and just decided last Christmas oh. that he wanted to convert. Congratulations. On his own. And so he was welcomed into the church on Easter. So here's the mind blowing thing that I didn't tell you. I didn't know. I wanted to come to your talk when somebody told me what it was about. I'm like, oh, my God, I need to go to that talk. And I, I'm, like, using someone else's ticket who couldn't come. And so I'm like, I don't even know what we registered for. Let me just show up and see. <laughs> Hoping it was you. I had to walk 
down the hallway. I'm like, what am, am I going to hers or not? And then I see it's you. And then when I sat down, you read Psalm 51, creating me a clean heart, oh God. And you like, I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but that is the verse, the seventh reading for Mass for the Easter Vigil was that verse. And that was a verse that I prayed for my husband for like two years. And like God kept saying, I'm going to bring him home. And then he brings him home to the church. And it was just like, so I knew I was in the right place when you read that verse. Wow. I knew I was in the right place when you were talking about your first confession. <laughs> She's like, I'm standing in line. But, like, there's two lines. There's the screen line, and then there's the face-to-face line. Like, this is her first one. so she's Like, like I've never been. This I'm yeah. two weeks old Catholic here. Oh, my yeah. goodness. And so it's her and her hubby. And her hubby, like, breaks off and goes to the face-to-face. She's like, what are you doing? I'm not doing this face-to-face. I'm sorry. I'm telling your story. I'm just making it free. <laughs> but it just, I, that's exactly, I walk, when I walked into the ballroom, she was speaking and she was telling the story. Because confessions, like, my big thing, too, with my story is I just struggle with it so much. And I've struggled with it for decades. You're not the only one. Uh, oh, I'm aware of that now. But, man, <laughs> the battle I had inside of myself was crazy. And so when I walked in, and this has happened every time I've listened to a breakout session. The Holy Spirit was just on it. What? My little heart's going to explode this weekend because I can't make this stuff up. Oh, I know. But so he knows. Beautiful. I mean, the one of the most, I think, endearing things about Jesus is that he's kind enough to let us have our free will, but intelligent enough to put people in our path that will speak truth to us even when we veer off course to redirect us. Mm. And it's a really endearing thing to watch him love other people in just the way that they need to be loved yes yes we've been trying to wrap our head around that that amount of love because it's so hard it's so hard to receive that especially when you see him loving like how can he love all of us that much you know because he's got only god because only he only can god. yeah and we've experienced that just this year. So her word of the year is receive for this year. And mine's healed or healing. You said something about healing, too. And We're so, going to talk a lot about that tonight. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Yeah. I cannot wait. I just got a snippet in your talk. But what, I guess, what, if you could speak to that um, in any capacity, what, once you walked into the church and, and you got all your sacraments and you were, like, living it out, how long did it take for you to start to feel like you were being actually healed of any wounds? Was it immediate or was it kind of like... You know, growing up, I didn't... I mean, everybody has weird family of origin stuff. But when I joined the church, I mean, I joined it because I was drawn to the cadence of the liturgy. The uh, the intentionality of the liturgy was pretty fascinating to me. Okay. And, uh, and felt very welcoming. Like it felt intentional and purposeful. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I joined the church because I had this really cute, hot husband, and also I kind of <laughs> like Jesus. And so I don't think woundedness, at least um, in our family of origins, really manifested itself until later in our marriage. And certainly yeah. when we had children, our fifth one was born premature. And, and since then, I mean, just the longer that you live, the more opportunities that you have to for life to come your way. Yeah. But you're also more mature in your faith. So when those things do come, your default becomes faithfulness instead of doubt or fear because you've been practicing the virtue of just continuing to trust, even though it's messy and ugly and you're not perfect at it. And so I think our lives are a continual process of us growing and healing and then stretching and healing. So I don't necessarily think that there's, I mean, I can point to some points that there's been definite moments of, yes, I feel 
uh, redeemed and loved, which yeah. leads to healing, I think. Yeah. But it's never just been one particular one moment or one particular mm-hmm. thing. I think it's this ongoing process, which does make you grateful to know that even though the hard things are going to come, God's going to give you the grace that you need in the moment that you need it. Like he's not going to give it to you before because he's still pouring it in and he's not going to be late because he's not, he's an on-time God. Yeah. It's just not always on mm-hmm. our, time. our time. Yeah. yeah. I wrote that yeah. down. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. So you're an author. I am. How many books did you write? So I've written one, and then I've been a, like a writer and a contributor to okay. some other projects. But yeah, so Live Big, Love Bigger, Ooh, yeah, Getting yeah. Real with Barbecue, Sweet Tea, and a Whole Lot of Jesus is uh, the name with my cowboy boots on the front is yes. uh, the book that I wrote about living an authentic life. I love it. I love it very much. With a heavy dose of sass in there. Yeah. So Okay, that's what I want. I wrote this down, and I knew you would love this. She said, um, hold on, where did I write it down? Make it a hell yes, or it's a no. <laughs> I got goosebumps again. That's so my motto. How did you get there? Yes, it's You know, a long time ago I did, it was back when blogs, remember those? Um, (laughs) A friend of mine had a blog, and it was kind of like three things that you can learn from a mom. And one of the gals that that was writing for this particular blog, she had like guest bloggers. And so this one of her guest bloggers, and she made a comment about that she wanted her guesses to be like a hell yes. Uh And that really resonated with me because I started thinking, like, I'm giving my yeses away like they cost me nothing. Like, they're just, I'm just passing them out like candy, but they're costing our family something. And is that, is that expense worth it? And there was a point in our family that I was reaching burnout and I was crying on the couch. And I'm like, we got to put a halt to everything. And that was our big moment of we need to get a control on where we spend our time as a family. But I need to be honest with myself about what I have to give. And because I'm a people pleaser. And so saying no to things is hard for me because I don't want to disappoint people or I don't want a project or a ministry to end because I don't say yes. But we just end up burning ourselves out. And that doesn't do any favors for the church. Yeah. And I think that if more people were intentional about their yeses and only said yes to the things that they felt called to or that Jesus was challenging them to grow. I'm not saying your hell yeses are easy, but that he was challenging you to grow in. I think our church would flourish even more. Because we would stop saying yes when it just kind of didn't matter and allow other people to say hell yes. So therefore, we all bring our best for the kingdom instead of just what's left over. Oh, yes. that's so good. Can I get it? Amen. So good. Okay. I love that. So I'm with you. I give all the yeses. She's a yes person. I'm a big yes person. And I'm grateful. Be a for hell that. yes person. I'm a hell yes person. <laughs> and when it comes to God, I can hear him when I'm asked to do something. I want to do it. It's a hell yes for me. Because on the flip of that, I, I, I lived for a long time of like, if it's not a hell no, it's a yes. And that's when I started giving just way too much. And so I mean, I and you're going to gonna, you're gonna make some mistakes. I mean, you're going to say yes to th- something that you really believe you should be doing. You've prayed about whatever. And for whatever reason, circumstances, you know, you extending yourself too much you're going to realize that the thing that you thought was a hell yes is actually not. But the goal of that, I think Christ is calling us to learn from our mistakes Mm -hmm. and he's merciful. And so he says, okay, so the next time that X, Y, Z thing comes up, what did we learn from, you know, like as a mom, what did we learn from last time (laughs) and what's the take home lesson and how are you going to change that next time? And so I'm grateful that he allows us our free will, even though it's painful um, to grow 
I have a great friend who says, um, I only want to surround myself with, with women who are spiritually grown. And I think when you grow, as Father Justin was talking about earlier today, of you, it's a cerebral, it's a mind thing. As you begin to grow in faith with Christ, it happens in the mind. And so as you grow in faith there, it starts to take root in your soul, and you start to... S- this, this symbiotic relationship of what Jesus wants for you and what you want for you start to become the same. Same yeah. And it just, it's just over and over. Like you get, you try to get closer and closer to the middle until you're like, there's the sweet spot. Yeah. And then you jack it up and screw it up. And yeah. then you're like, and then we work and work and work to we get back to the sweet spot. But yeah, hopefully yeah. the way that you course correct is just a little bit faster every time. So hopefully, God willing, at, at the end of our lives, that we are as close on this side of heaven that we can be so that when we make it, you know, to the big house, side, yeah. that we are prepared for the glory of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay, I need to know if you could build us a, a personal Catholic Rushmore. Like your a what? T- a personal Catholic Rushmore. Like your top four most influential heads that you put on your Rushmore who's on it like people or saints or what are you thinking of all the above well my husband would be for sure he is merciful and kind so he would definitely be there I'm a big fan of St. Francis de Sales okay he is the patron saint of riders but he was also a real passionate evangelist and I'm really drawn to that and if there was a way to, to put all the pastors and all the priests that have been such a confluence in my life, um, and the same would be true of all the religious sisters in my life. Uh, one of our daughters is named after a religious sister. Uh, I really have a special relationship with them, which I think is hilarious because as a Protestant, we grew up with... So I thought that priests were not allowed to leave the church building. So the first time I met a priest and saw him at a restaurant, I'm like, "What are you doing? Why are you out of the Why are you out of the rectory?" And sisters were so foreign to me. I didn't meet my first sister until I was 24, and I didn't think that they were real. I thought they all looked like Whoopi Goldberg yeah, me too. from the movie. And so the first time I heard that song in mass, I was so disappointed that it wasn't the Whoopi version. And I I laugh every time I hear it. So I think those, that's not really four separate people, but it's four groups of people that, that would probably be. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. Well, that's fantastic. Last question we'll wrap up with. Is there one Bible verse that you particularly gravitate? I saw your Bible. I'm like, I know she's ready. What's it flip to? So as I look it up, I mean, this, yeah, it's already there. Um, so you're going to hear this tonight. And I don't want to spoil why it's powerful. But so Romans has always been, that and Acts of the Apostles are my two favorite books of the Bible. I mean, I grew up Protestant, so we got a lot of (laughs) of of love there. there. I'm still learning about wisdom and Tobit. But um, so it's Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we even boast of our afflictions, knowing that affliction produces endurance, and endurance proving character, and proving character hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that He has given to us. Hands down, favorite favorite verse. All right, we're going to go meditate on that in adoration. Oh, my goodness. After we gracious. get some dinner. 
This was amazing. Thank you okay. for taking the time. You're welcome. Super random, weird question. Sure. Super like just selfish of me to ask, but I'm working on a project, so I need to know. So St. Francis is your saint. What food do you think of when you think of St. Francis? St. Francis. I'm the worst liturgical liver there ever was. <laughs> I have no idea. Just off the top. It's the first thing that comes to mind. What's the first thing that's on your mind right now? I'm always drinking a Dr. Pepper. That's not even food, but for me, it's like liquid Somebody courage, told man. Me that about you. I'm going to have to go grab one before you No, I here. can't okay. drink one right now, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Dr. Pepper. Well, because when I, I mean, I do love Dr. Pepper, but it's always better when you share it with a friend. So I just think, oh. like, if I was drinking a Dr. Pepper, I'd want to drink it with him and just hang out and be like, oh so I got I'm some questions for you. That's what yeah. this is going to be called. So. I love that. All right, that works. Does that work? Yeah, that answers she's it. doing a saint small group, and it's cooking with the saints. Yeah. So she's trying to build her nice. own little program. Well, you know, you can make like there's Dr Pepper brisket that you can like you can do oh, pulled I, I pork, Dr Pepper that. cupcakes. I, yeah. I mean, I got yeah. choices for it. Oh. Dr Pepper ice cream, like <laughs> Dr Pepper cupcakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to. Email you, you can do like a Dr Pepper icing on the top. Oh my gosh, <laughs> she is legit. Yeah. Okay, so Dr. Pepper needs to sponsor this. I should. I did get them to sponsor our um, tailgates at the football games, at nice. A&M football games. So, nice. yeah, they are a sponsor yeah. for us. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank y'all. I know this is, like, the craziest possible thing of us to ask of you while you're no, here. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, this is such a blessing. So, thank you. All right. Thanks, y'all. Amen. Bye. Amen.